Hey, welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is Oren Barter. That's me. And we were reporting from the fiery wreckage of California uh, to complete our journey through the Turner Diaries. Well, we made it. We're done. We're done. It's over. It is over. The, well, well, I mean, the we worst still have is to over. talk about it. We still have to talk about it. And we still have to do a wrap up, but the worst of it is over. Um, and and before we talk about it, I have to get something off my chest. Okay. Uh, I owe you a massive apology for putting you through this. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten how bad this book was, and I uh, I'm so sorry. I have so much respect for your willingness to go through this. I had such a struggle getting through these final chapters. It was a, a, a fucking abomination. Yeah. That's a really uh, so, good way to put it, I think. Yeah. Um, so thank you for putting up with this and and not tapping out. I, I, really I mean, I almost that. did. Like at the beginning there, I, I think I was very, very close to calling it quits. Yeah. yeah, I was I was close towards the end here. I was like I I read a bunch, and uh, and then after one chapter, which we'll get to, I won't say which it is, but I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, and I just had to like walk away and take a break for like a day. It was just like I can't take no more of this. But uh, we made it through somehow. Um. I don't know. I just nodded my head at you. I don't know why I did that. We're doing a podcast. You're like, yeah, we made it through. And I'm like, you know what, Todd? Yeah, we did. We did yeah, make it Nodded through. in solidarity. I, I felt it, though. I felt that nod in my heart. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about before we get to the book itself. Um, it. Lay it on Real me. quickly, um, there's been some uh, book banning in the news recently, thanks <gasps> to good old Dr. Seuss. Um, the, the I don't trust that- doctors anyway. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss should have been around to like write a, you know, why vaccines are good for you book. Um, apparently the company that publishes Dr. Seuss's books, uh, which is like Dr. Seuss publishing or Dr. Seuss incorporated or something has decided that there's six uh, of his books that they are no longer going to publish because of um, you know, basically racial insensitivities, things that were kind of okay at the time that aren't cool, so cool anymore. Yeah, it's and, like Dr. Seuss was like that, you know, 80-year-old uncle. You're like, you know, he just, he grew up at a different time. It's like, yeah, but he still doesn't have to be an asshole. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he didn't he didn't have the opportunity to get to the modern day and, and go, oh, right. oh, no, oops, my bad. He died whenever he died. Um, <laughs> he was he was born at a very young age and then he died <laughs> when died. he died. Sometime later. Um, so, but of course, now everybody, Doctor Seuss, everybody is suddenly up in arms. Everybody is suddenly up in arms about this fact, and they're you know crying cancel culture and censorship and everything else. And um, I think it's important to make that note that no, this isn't a case of anything being banned. 
A banned book is when like a group or an organization or the government comes in and says, no, you're not allowed to do this anymore. This is a case of a company that owns something saying, we don't want to publish this anymore. Mm -hmm. And as the company that owns these products, that is totally within their right to do. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's it's not like, it's not like, um, I don't even think there was an outcry to cancel any Dr. Seuss books, were there? Like, I don't remember. So it has to do with, so it's connected to, um, Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like um, Children's Reading Week or something, which is on the week around Dr. Seuss's birthday. Okay. So initially it was quite connected to Dr. Seuss's books, but then because of some of these books and some of those racial issues, they've kind of stepped back about promoting Dr. Seuss during the week. And they have had feedback from, from schools and from learning institutions about some of these books specifically. There was no, to my knowledge, demand that these books be removed, but mm-hmm. there was... Some amount of feedback from these places saying, well, you know, I mean, the publisher is probably so... looking at that like, hey, you know, we might be losing sales here because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're all about the money. Yeah. So they're like, hey, why don't we just get rid of the six worst ones and then, you know, the other 300 we can still make bank yeah, on. Exactly. There are still plenty of other <laughs> books out there. Um, I don't know. It, it, I don't think the cat in the hat is being removed. I don't think one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish is being removed. Red, everyone red knows fish, those are, Red fish, blue fish. Those are the, the two absolute best Dr. Seuss books. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's six that are going to be gone and they're, they're not, they're not even pulling them off the shelf. Like they're just not going to be published anymore. So if you, if you need to complete your Dr. Seuss library before this happens, you know, run out to your local bookstore and get them all you can, uh, before people start jacking up the prices on the, the, the black market, <laughs> Cause you big know black market in, do. uh, Dr. Seuss books. Uh, but I bring this up in part because I think we're going to take a look at these books in a couple of weeks. Um, I thought it would be, again, they're not technically banned in the way that we normally cover things, but because it is getting some attention in the media and because I think it might be a nice uh, brain cleanse after this to read a handful of probably mostly okay children's books, um, I think we'll do... We may be very surprised. We might be. (laughs) The Turner Diaries might be a (laughs) fucking walk in the park compared to these things. We don't know. I haven't read them. (laughs) Uh, Horton hears an N-word. But uh, I think we'll do, uh, the week after the live episode, I think we'll do a one-off on the six Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Seuss. Uh, So that out of the way, um, we have to do our quick discussion of what we're drinking. Right. Um, I stole a Mike's Hard Blue Freeze from my girlfriend tonight because I had Mm. a hard day at work. And she she had two, and I asked for one. Yeah, she gave you one too. <laughs> she did. She gave you one. Very, very generous of her. I don't know if I've ever had one of those. I think by the time those were a thing, uh, I was out of being able to drink sugary. Yeah, these are um, like pretty much syrup. So. Yeah, and I've always like I've never really like I've never liked um, Mike's Hard Lemonades. I've liked the idea of them because I really like lemonade, and I really like you know alcohol. And it seems like <laughs> combining them would be a good thing. And yet suddenly they decide to just pour in all that sugar as well. And it's like this is disgusting um yeah i've got uh i did in fact break out a scotch tonight uh in celebration of being done this book i, I well now gifted. i feel i feel so bad that i didn't like i got nothing special i mean it's special that she she gave it exactly to me, exactly damn it you should have said was, something I, to me i would have went and got well something. i said last week that i was probably breaking out a scotch in celebration. oh i was hardly paying attention last week I was just, I was just trying to get. My fault. I was just trying to get through that episode. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he said some racist bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I, it's, um, I got, I was gifted a really nice uh, scotch at Christmas time. Nice. By my ex's daughter, uh, Chelsea. It's called Monkey Shoulder. Of Seems course. like a weird name. Of course it is. No, that's, that's perfect. Do you know why it's called that? Because scotch tastes like a monkey's shoulder? No, it's 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 the name of a like a disorder that the people stirring, hand stirring the the mash for the whiskey would get if they stirred it like serious? too much or whatever. Yeah, it's named after that that Holy. injury they would get. So it's an honor of all the people who probably didn't die but were gravely injured from um, from monkey shoulder. That would so. be like having a tennis championship called tennis elbow. That would be that would be cool. Would it be cool? Anyway, it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Nice. Um, is notes it nice? of That's nice. vanilla and spice. It is, That's and nice. um, it's nice. Um, <laughs> it's nice. All right, we're twelve okay. minutes in. Let's get to this piece of crap. Let's get, let's get this over with, right? Uh, okay, so we open. Um, it's July seventh. I think that's about a week or so since we left off, uh, and they've they've had a huge assault on California. He's staying in this California penthouse, which. His, it's weirdly described. Like he talks about how this this penthouse has like taps in the wall. I guess of like you can just get whiskey and scotch poured into your room. Which I don't, was that a thing in penthouses? I, I never had a penthouse. That I guess should be a thing. That should be. It a sounds thing. pretty that cool. Should be a thing in my house. Um, meanwhile, there's like the dead body of the former owner outside, uh, and also the former owner was, I guess, a pedophile because there's art on the walls of like him having sex with women and men and also children. Um, okay. Just sort of a throwaway little bit there. Um, looking out over the city, um, here's a description of sort of what things are going on in California right now. The huge city presents quite a different aspect now from the last time I had an overall view of it at night. The blaze of lights outlining all the main streets is gone. Instead, the general blackness is broken only by hundreds of fires randomly scattered throughout the city. I know there are thousands of vehicles moving down there, but they are driving without light, so they won't be shot at. Uh, so clearly, California is like, some shit has gone down. Uh, specifically, the previous Monday, uh, there were simultaneous attacks across the country from Canada to Mexico and from coast to coast. They knocked out, um, in California, they knocked out airports, power, water, and took at least 15 police stations. Um, military bombing each other, I think. Oh, yeah, there were like military planes bombing other military. There was like this chaos amongst the military. Uh, and then he bumps into Henry and we have another, I've made a few, made a few more notes about like fun use of exclamation marks. Uh, <laughs> good old Henry. How glad I was to see him again. Exclamation mark. Uh, so while Turner is, I think working uh, at a broadcast center, trying to get it up and running, Henry shows up in a Jeep with an army outfit. I guess they've infiltrated the military at this point. Um, they've part of the organization's plan has been to, gradually subvert the military and get, you know, sort of a white power control of it. Right. Um, Henry shows up anyway at the broadcast center to send a message. Uh, Turner says the message was very well designed and I am sure its effect on both military and civilian listeners was powerful. Exclamation mark. I have no idea what the message was. Yeah, it was just, it was a great, is the best it was message. a great people say a great message. People say the organization. Everybody says the organization has the best. <laughs> has great messages. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they they ended up 
in the in the in the military they they were trying to they disarmed the blacks they got the story spreading that the blacks were mutinying right. so they could disarm them and then and in some other areas because there was a story of the blacks mutinying the blacks did start to mutiny and it sort of created this division in the military Okay, so, so the military was in chaos. Yeah, so I did take a note of that, and I thought that was um, especially ridiculous. Oh, it was, yeah. So generally, white servicemen were ready and willing to believe that story and did not need to be told twice to turn their guns against the blacks in their units. Those few who were liberal, or sorry, those few whose liberal predispositions made them hesitant were shot on the spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he says, uh, after... Um, the uh, white servicemen were killing their black brethren. Uh, the blacks, naturally enough, reacted in such a way... Sorry, I got this. Uh, to make the mutiny come true. Yeah. Um, that was ridiculous on several levels. I found that this section starts to get ridiculous. Like, up until now, I, I think he's done a fairly good job, at the very least, of creating a fairly believable story no okay that's a stretch maybe okay, okay. comparatively <laughs> okay. but like things to, things like, go off part, the rails yeah. Yeah. in this last section no, where things absolutely. just don't like make I'm, I'm looking at this sense like, anymore like i shouldn't the, say believable but like yeah. let's say like it's um, just completely illogical at this point like not hmm. even not even an attempt to create some sort of a, a believable timeline or storyline or anything yeah um, I thought the thing I thought was most ridiculous about this was the propaganda that they used to cause this discord within the military was that the black servicemen were supposedly mutinying, like having a mutiny, right? Yeah. And so what did they do? They stripped the the black servicemen of their weapons and then got the white servicemen to shoot them. Does that seem like a mutiny to you? you know what i mean does that no. make sense like like yeah. they're like they're 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 mutinying we better we better get them well and technically then, yeah once you have their weapons they can't really mutiny anymore um well and they weren't mutinying in the first place no but even let's say even hypothetically then mm -hmm. let's say they were planning to mutiny and you just happened to get the upper okay, hand planning. before they did okay, well that's different yeah, once you get planning. their guns yeah they're not going to be able to mutiny anymore you don't have to shoot them after that right and these are people who in this case these were people who were working alongside these people every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and they're just going to be like, suddenly, it seems legit to me. Yeah. Sorry, Roger. Pew, sorry. pew. <laughs> oh my um, God. It's so ridiculous. Uh, they say that the, um, the police were the only organized opposition um, because they couldn't infiltrate the police as well, very likely. Um, but they were able to take out the police, and now um, they need to sort of get the area of California under their control before military backup arrives. Um, we jump I, ahead to July 10th. Yes, we do. I guess. I don't know. Um, what, <laughs> what page are we on? <laughs> why do we ask you? This is the first time you've ever asked me what page we're on. <laughs> well, because the rest of the time I've just kind of been going along, but I actually had some I've never, ever, ever made record of the pages. So why do you expect me to have them now? Because the screenshots that I have have the pages in there, and that's all I'm going by. I don't. Well, really... then you tell me what page we're on. You're the only one who has page numbers. But I don't know if I'm reading the same thing as you. I'm on 205. I don't know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
the organization seems to uh, have gotten the upper hand in, in the California, mm-hmm. at least in this area of California. Uh, they've been running around shooting anyone on site that's not wearing their armbands. Um, civilians in the area have been without water and power for a week, some without food for days. Um, I oh, guess is this the cannibal tried... thing? I think this comes up in, in yeah. this area. Yeah, I don't think I took a note of that. But yeah, there was a reference to um, black people turning to cannibal. Oh, no, that might be the next chapter, actually, because I did think it's... I do think I took some notes oh. about that. Well, um, my notes were people, sparse, so like one swipe in my notes could be a whole chapter. I'm not entirely right. sure. Um, there's notes about like people were trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Then the, the the highways were damaged in the in the conflict, and so people couldn't get out, and they just created traffic jams. And then they people just left their vehicles in the streets and walked home. This is going to be an important point later. Um, Looting eventually started, of course, um, and and of course, as always, this happened first in black neighborhoods. Um, but I mean, I guess eventually even the whites succumb to needing food and water. Um, and then there's the point that um, the civilians can't fight back because they don't have guns because everyone turned their guns in. Right. Funny thing about that. Is that actually helps the organization? Well, it does help the organization, but I, I think there's a contradiction there. Um, at least in, in some sense. Like, you know the argument now when it comes to gun control, where it's like, you know, if you criminalize guns, only criminals will have guns. Mm-hmm. So they're painting black people in this book constantly as being these, like, savage criminal elements who clearly would have had guns. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're assuming that every every one of these black criminals turned their guns in. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? But you got to remember, it's not just the blacks; it's the white sympathizers that the organization also wants to kill. That would yes, be, that's true. That would be uprising as well. I'm just saying though, yeah, that I amongst those like, yeah. civilians, there would be blacks who have guns that could fight back. Um, the chapter ends with one of my favorite sentences in this book. Um, Oops! Exclamation mark. No more time to write now. Have to go to a meeting. That's like the most diary ending of all time. It's like, oop, hey, diary, gotta go. Mom called me for dinner. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, God. July 11th. It's that next chapter. Uh, apparently, electric power is back on. But it's been rationed. Fuck off. I'm- the military hasn't yet sent in support. Uh, oh, because the organization has uh, taken over the Vandenberg Air Force Base and all of the nuclear missile silos there. Right. That's a pretty big, um, big get. Do we know? Do we do we get to learn how they took it over? Or it's just like, hey, we have all these nukes now. We- you know what? I feel like they actually gave a pretty in-depth explanation that I paid no attention to because <laughs> okay. I just don't Clearly fucking care. Either, so <laughs> let's move um, on. I, yeah, I stopped taking any de- notes about any of the details because they, they just go on forever and it just doesn't matter. Um, and then we took 50 steps east and then another yeah. 10 west. And then, and so similar actions have... East from where we were. Similar ac- Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to move forward. Um, similar actions have been playing out uh, across the country, causing chaos. He finds out that the raid on the Evanston power plant took place and went as planned. Um... 
the government or the system is trying to like figure out the, the chaos with the military. Mm-hmm. By the time they have the um, the organization has taken Vandenberg and basically they said, if you move against us, we're going to launch nukes at New York and Tel Aviv. Um, and that was apparently their big plan was to get that Air Force base and those nukes and use that as a threat against the system. So at this point, they're controlling a strip of California from the Mexican border to about 150 miles northwest of Los Angeles and from the coast inland for a distance varying from 50 to 100 miles. That includes San Diego, Los Angeles, Vandenberg Air Force Base. Uh, Meanwhile, the rest of the country is in uproar. Their hold on California is tenuous as the military doesn't know how they're being controlled by the organization. Oh, the military doesn't know. Oh, okay, yeah. They're they're holding California. This was interesting um, because they're using a lot of military units. But not a lot of the military units are aware that they're being controlled by the organization. And this is, again, where I think some of it starts to fall apart as we go on. Like like we were talking about just a few minutes ago about ordering, you know, the military to shoot the their black co-workers. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, there's a lot of these things that the military, if if they were not completely invested in this plan, I'm not sure that they would be going along with it. Yeah. Um, now it's July 14th. It's like, oh, wh- where did that, sorry, you want me to do what? Where did that, where did that order come from? Oh, Bill. Oh, I know Bill. Yeah, he's a one-man army. It's from Bill, Henry. Uh, Remember Henry? Who's Henry's Henry? No, I thought Bill was the guy. No, 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 no. It's Henry. Henry. Henry's the big, big guy. Big Cajun. Henry's the big guy. He's the one who's going to make it all happen. Bill's just right. the, the, the printing guy. Oh, Bill's the guy who's got the wife that's not as good at him. Exactly. The yeah, thing the one that they can, both do. Adequately run a press. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Henry's the guy that, that Turner's like kind of in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps coming up again and again. Yeah. Uh, it's July 14th now. Food uh, is now coming into California. They've got 30 distribution points in the quote white sections. So they're getting food to white people at least. Um, there's a long explanation of how they've been rounding up black people that I didn't really want to get into. Um, there's a, there's a little aside here I wanted to share that I thought was interesting. I guess somebody calls one of the, one of the military guys honky. And so we have a note to the reader. Honky was one of the many derogatory slang terms referring to a white person, which was used by Negroes in the three decades prior to the great revolution. Its origin is uncertain. So they pointed this out, I'm sure, because honky isn't in use anymore. I find that interesting, though, because they didn't have any kind of a side to explain what the N-word meant. Right. So clearly the <laughs> N-word like, is t- still in great use. Even though at the end of the book, there's nothing but white people. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. But I guess... Except for China. I guess there's still China at the end of the book. I guess there's still a lot of people sitting around, clapping each other on the back, going, man, it's great that we don't have any of those N-words around. Uh, Another quote. Um, Once again, it's a damned good thing the civilian population was disarmed by the system years ago. If more blacks had guns, there'd be no way we could deal with them considering the disparity in numbers. And this, again, was where, like, these, these... Uh, Black people are the minority in the United States. That's true. That's true. But I mean, it's it's them compared to um, the organization at right at this point. Oh, okay, 
Okay. Right. And the organization has small numbers in California. Well, small numbers everywhere. Right. At this point. Um, but this again, where's my question about like these, these black people are being painted as criminals. Um, these criminals would likely have guns. Would these criminals have turned their guns in? And if so, does this not then prove that gun control would work? It would just, I guess, it would just mean that guns would be in the hands of crazy white supremacists, which is not better. No. Um, at this point, we find out that some black people have resorted to cannibalism. Um, yeah, because... Which, yeah, I think this must go back to this this notion of them coming from these primitive, savage tribes, that kind of... Um, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but like, yeah, it's just racist bullshit again. It is. Yeah, totally. It is. Um, and there's another section here where uh, Turner, he sees this, this spot where like he's patrolling this area and these guys come, come running out and like they're, they're holding their retching. And so he goes in to see what's going on and he goes down the stairs into this basement. And here's another quote. I saw the most terrible thing I've ever seen. It was the butchered and partially dismembered body of a teenaged girl. Her blue eyes stared emptily at the ceiling and her long golden hair was matted with the blood which had rushed from their the gaping wound in her throat. So this is, yeah, this is a den where like people had been butchering people to eat them. I just thought it was butchering interesting. Butchering white that, people. That's, of course, they, they of course, made, the victim here, or he made that distinction the victim here has blue eyes and golden hair. And again, as a teenager, there's so much, you know, assaults and rape against teenagers because again, this is about trying to paint these people as being just the worst. Um, we find out that you know, whites are not bothering to try to defend themselves for fear of being seen as racists, which again is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this this black is like eating my children. This black guy is eating my children, but I can't fight back. Otherwise I might be accused of being a racist. Like what universe <laughs> would that ever happen? The universe of the Turner Diaries. That's oh my the God. only one. Um, Um, another quote here another big problem in trying to achieve racial separation is that so many people in this area cannot easily be classified as white or non-white and I that struck out to me because it's like that is the problem isn't it like that's the problem and and like that's that's the point of the United States that's the point of of Canada like we Mm -hmm. are we are these melting pot countries where people from all over come and integrate and and interrelate and yeah we aren't white or non-white and and trying to divide us according to that is almost madness at this it point. It is. It really is. Um So at the end of this chapter they've got 80% of the blacks sealed in four small enclaves with the first mass convoy heading east soon. And when I heard convoy, I was expecting they'd be like shipping them out on, on trains or something like that. But we find it in the next chapter, it's July 19th. And nope, they're just ship, they're just making them walk. They're walking all of the, the black, uh, quote, blacks, mestizos, and boat people to the east for five days. I wasn't familiar with the word mestizos. It's apparently like a, um, like a, an interracial thing, especially of Spanish descent, I believe. Okay. Um, then they've been using trucks and vans for the ones who aren't able to walk. Uh, and this is That's nice of them. where I, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is where I made the note though. How are they navigating the roads? Cause like just last right. chapter, I think we talked about how the roads were clogged with traffic. 
that everyone just abandoned in the middle of the streets. <laughs> right, but, you know, for the organization, they just move out of the way. I guess they just move them all. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, at the same time, we find out that several thousand white people are coming to California every day. And, like, I'm just trying to picture what the border situation is like here, because they're shipping all of these black people out into the, the system for the system to deal with. Meanwhile, people are just like flooding into California, like the pro racists or at least the anti systems are coming into California. Wouldn't there be a, a border that would say like, guys, we're at war with them. You can't go in there. <laughs> You're not allowed to go in there. We will shoot you. If you try to go over there, would that not have happened? <laughs> yeah, like, is it just so. an unguarded border? I, I, I have no idea what's going on. Maybe there. it's that whole thing, like, if you mess with us, we'll, we'll bomb New York. Maybe maybe they've made some sort of agreement where it's like, okay, right now this is where... This maybe? Is I don't know. Yeah. That seems like... But a, this, this book uh, isn't uh, really big on the details when it comes to, you know, that kind of things. It's big yeah. on the details yeah. when um, it comes to racism. But <laughs> it's for sure. No end of details in those situations. No end. Uh, it's July 24th now. Here's another great opening sentence. Boy, exclamation mark. <laughs> I'm really becoming a jack of all trades. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Dear Diary, today I became a man. <laughs> um, he made a repair trip to a big switching station somewhere. That's what he's referring to. On his way back, he bumps into a food brigade, um, and he sort of gets the sense that there's some amount of getting control in the citizenry of California. There's these basically there's these groups of teenagers who are going and collecting food, and then bringing them back to like distribution points. And everyone's kind of helping out, even though they don't know they're doing it to help a bunch of racist assholes. Um, he also encounters a column of marchers who are being marched north. Um, he's not sure of their race, but he points out that this is a separate group from the ones that are being sent east. And then we have the quote, the clearly distinguishable non-whites are the ones we want to increase the racial pressure on the whites outside California. The presence of more almost white mongrels would merely confuse the issue. And there is always the danger that they will later pass as white. Better to deal with them now as soon as we get our hands on them. I have a suspicion their trip into that canyon north of here will be a one-way affair! Exclamation mark! Um, so yeah, the, the ones that are that are very clearly uh, uh, other racial are being sent to the system to sort of bog them down with visible Refugees. minorities. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and presumably to annoy the other, like the ordinary white people there. And the ones who are sort of more hard to tell, they're just being marched north and just shot, killed. Because that's what the good guys do. That's what the good guys do. Uh, it's July 25th now. Uh, they're working with volunteers to create work groups. Um, some are doing farm work. Some are given uniforms and rifles. And again, they're now arming people who are not entirely invested in what's going on. They're just trying to survive in California. And we're going to start seeing more and more of people who shouldn't be following along with this, following along with this. And this could, I guess, fall under the umbrella of, you know, the arguments from people who were in, say, Nazi Germany, who, mm -hmm. you know, did these horrific things and then said they were just following orders. Maybe 
maybe that would happen. I don't know. I mean, I if you know. were afraid for your life, like if they were shooting people who were unwilling to shoot people of a different race, you'd be like, yeah, well, I guess I either true. shoot this guy or I die. You, you know, the, the, just, the it, will it, to survive is pretty strong. It feels like that the, um, the numbers aren't necessarily on the organization's side. Like at this point, there are more people opposed to there them. who do not, I wouldn't say opposed, but do not necessarily agree with their ideology mm-hmm. that would be able to say, no, we're not doing this and we're going to take your guns now. You know what I mean? Especially but, I mean, if they're being handed to them. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you look white enough. Here's a gun. Yeah, but you're an asshole. So fuck off. Thank you for the gun. Is that what you're trying um, to say? Like, you, you think that the tables would kind of turn after a while? I, I think they might, but I'm not sure. I mean, it's one of those things where, I, I, I guess, before, you know, Nazi Germany, nobody would have thought that that was something that could have happened either until it did. So, right. who knows? That's true. That's true. Uh, we end this chapter with another lovely qu- quote. What a miracle it is to walk streets, which only a few weeks ago were filled with non-whites lounging at every street corner and in every doorway, and to see only white faces, clean, happy, enthusiastic white faces, determined and hopeful for the future. Exclamation mark! Uh, All right, next chapter, August 1st. This is the chapter that I wanted to just fucking quit after. (laughs) It's the, the day of the rope. Right. This chapter just fucked me up um basically and i i I tried not to take too many notes here because i just i was appalled this entire chapter basically what happens is they go through and they're they're finding all of the um so basically there's there's two two types of people that they're hanging and they're going around and they're just hanging people all over the place and there are people who have betrayed their race and people who defiled their race and each person is hung with a sign that says either I betrayed my race or I defiled my race. And the ones and, who defiled their you know, race. This kind of reminded me of that one scene in The Handmaid's Tale. A lot of this, a lot of this last part reminded me of The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost felt like um, this could almost, if it was just slightly different ideology, this could almost be a prequel to The Handmaid's Tale. Right. What's interesting is that obviously one book is a, a, a cautionary tale and one book is like a hopeful dream of what could be. And that's that's a little... Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have more to say about the similarity of The Handmaid's Tale? No, it was um, just the the hanging with the notes mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. was very, very similar. Like, I, I noticed that right away. And there, I, I think yeah. you're right. There is a couple more um, similarities. But I also did uh, skim this chapter quite yeah. quickly, yeah. Yeah, the difference in The Handmaid's Tale is that the signs just had images on them because, of course, The Handmaids weren't allowed to read. Right. Um, so they pulled everybody out. Like, they had a, a list of names that they were going after. Um, anyone who was slightly colored was brought uh, to the canyon and shot. Uh, anyone who was white were hung um, either for betraying their race, which meant that they... You know, they worked in positions that helped non-whites in some way or defiled their race, which meant that they were in a relationship with non-whites. There's a few references to race traitors, which is another thing that reminded me of The Handmaid's Tale and gender traitors. Um, 
they were only killing a small number of of white people, but they were trying to like make a point of it. Um, I thought this was an interesting quote. Okay. Um, and this is about some of the, the people that they were hanging. Um, most judges today, most teachers, actors, civic figures, etc., are not being consciously and deliberately evil or even cynical in following the lead of the Jews. They think of themselves as being good citizens, just as they would think of themselves if they were acting in a diametrically opposite way under the influence of good leaders. I passionately disagree with that. I don't think that these people would think of themselves as good citizens if they were actively working against or even killing black people. Uh, I mean, I guess the argument under the influence of good leaders means that they would have been raised in that particular culture, but like, that's just such a, that's just so fucking wrong, I guess. Um, and yeah, through this, I was wondering again, what happened to all of the, the non ideologized, soldiers the soldiers who are doing the hangings like they don't believe in the same thing as the organization so why are they what are the odds that there would have been a revolt at like let's hang these guys why well because they were sleeping with black people well what the fuck is wrong with that well we think there's something wrong with it well we're not going to hang them so fuck you and i've got a gun now so i'm going to shoot you i think the argument might have been in the book at least that once people saw what they were doing, they agreed with it. I think that's the, and that's the, it's been kind that of, is, a you're right. it's been you're kind right. of a prevailing theme within this book. It's like, he always makes a point. And by him, I mean the, the writer, um, yeah. he's always made a point that whenever he had a chance to, to show somebody in this universe, showing support to the organization and their ideologies, he makes a point to, to say like, yeah, well, they're just too afraid to say it. But we're strong enough to stand up. But this is what everybody's thinking. That's kind yep. of his mentality. And I think that's why he doesn't even feel the need to explain it. It's just like, oh, now that we're doing it, like thousands of people are coming to the border. Thousands of white people are coming to the border. And it's not just because they're like, you know, afraid of anything out there. They, they in, in his universe, they're coming to the border, coming into California to join them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Yeah. But um, still, like, yeah, you're right. This, this, especially this chapter is just so fucked. Yeah. Um, there's a bit where um, there's a, a, a white girl who, <laughs> she's a blonde, blue-eyed girl, but he does point out that she's a little bit flabby. Oh, like, I made a note of that, too. Like, so weird. Fuck off, guy. Like, yeah, like, she's she's one of us, but she's not perfect. You know, like I am. I'm Turner. I'm perfect. She's pretty close, but she's flabby, and also she was, like, fucking a black guy. Um, and so she's being hung, and, and she makes the argument, I was only doing what everyone else was. And and there's a, a, a quote that I wanted to, to share again. That is a bit of an exaggeration, but it is true enough that had others not set a bad example for her, the girl probably would not have become a race criminal. She paid as much for the sins of others as for her own. Now I realize more than ever before how essential it is that we instill in all our people a new moral basis, a new set of fundamental values so that they will no longer be morally adrift like that unfortunate girl was and like the great majority of Americans today are. 
And that stood out to me as something else that I would have heard from the commander in uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Right. Like, we, you guys are, we need to tell you what your morality should be. Well, and that, and that's a, a note revealing here. thing in, like, a lot of more conservative, religious sort of thinking, too. You know, I mean, I'm no expert on it, so I'm probably just talking out my ass, but that whole, you know, people are evil and we need religion to guide us towards behaving properly. I mean, yeah, I guess that is a, a central concept of, of religion that um, that it needs to be what tells us how to be moral. So it's the same, yeah, it's the same thing as like you say, the commander in the Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale or um, these assholes. It's kind of the same, that same thought process, but it's, right? But it's that difference between, you know, letting someone choose mm-hmm. who they're going to turn to for their morality and um, someone creating a government that's going to dictate a morality. Yeah. Um, and I did have a question at the end of this chapter, which was like, why did people end up staying through all this? Which I think is similar to my previous question about why do people go through with this? And I think your answer again, that ultimately Turner is making the argument, the author is making the argument that deep down people agree with this. And once they see it happening, they will be in for it is kind of the answer to that. Um, next chapter, it's August 8th, and Turner is now the acting head of the newly organized Department of Public Resources, Utilities, Services, and Transportation. Prutsta. Um, most of their was systems and everything, it was, uh, Prusta, Proust, Proust, yeah. Um, things are, things are up and running again. There's a blah, blah, blah about how food is being produced and distributed. Who the fuck cares? Well, no, no, we do care about that because it's like, yeah, food's being made and that's important, but I'm even more important because I put the food into refrigerators. I ship the food. <laughs> if it wasn't for me, everything would fall apart. I'm Turner. William, is it William Turner? Uh, Earl. I'm Earl Turner. Yeah. God, even his name is ridiculous. Uh, after noting how nice it is that there are no more people of color around, he says, or writes, and the workers all feel the difference too, whether they are ideologically with us or not. There was a new feeling of solidarity among them, of kinship, of unselfish cooperation to complete a common task. And again, I disagree. I don't yeah. think that uh, the average person would feel the difference from a, a lack of people of color. In fact, I think a lot of people would notice that and be like, well, this is fucked up. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the rest of the country is apparently falling apart. They're under martial law. Um, the government is deputized black people. Um, and they're the only ones that are sort of keeping the white civilians under control. Of course, they're probably raping people because um, they can. Um the military is still kind of unreliable because the government doesn't know, you know, which of them are have been infiltrated by the organization or whether or not blacks really are going to mutiny or or what. And apparently, again, across the country, most people aren't concerned about the slaughter of the quote unquote race traders going on in California. Um, Turner writes, the bulk of the population is too preoccupied with its own problems at the moment to shed a tear for the victims of racism. I, I kind mm-hmm. of, again, I, I, I disagree. I, I feel like if, if hey, you know, the news reports is basically saying, um, so today in California, it's Nazi Germany version 2.0. People are not going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. 
And you'd be like, yeah, but I got bills, man. I got bills, man. <laughs> I got bills to pay. I got bills to pay. I don't have enough food. Um, I mean, I think, I think we've seen, like, like the Black Lives Matter protest. People would not be, mm. would not be mm, sitting mm. idly. Um, apparently, Northern California is a mess. Um, that area is being controlled by a military general, and there's um, he's like he's not a he's not an organization guy. Yeah, he's, he's more just of a, a conservative. Yeah, he's, he's like, just a conservative. Is, yeah, that's what we get for trusting a conservative. I was like, well, who the right. fuck do you trust? <laughs> he's like, um. And so there's some concern that there may end up being um, like a civil war in California between between them because they don't really they're not seeing eye to eye, right? Because um, this other guy wants to have an election. Yeah, yeah. He was concerned that uh, not just an election, but he was concerned that like the um, the race traders were executed without a trial. Um, I have a quote here that I was going to read, but I'm not. Um, but it's basically that he's saying that like the. We tried elections. We tried um, courts. We tried doing things according to the Constitution, and it didn't work. We need a new system. And so, basically, yeah, this this the argument is that this whole group is anti-America. Yeah, America itself doesn't work according to them. They need something different without, um, presumably with with fewer freedoms. Um. August 23rd, Turner is being sent to Washington as part of a plan to distribute nuclear warheads throughout the country. Um, They're concerned that at some point they're going to get attacked at Vandenberg. Um, And in fact, there's a quote here, I think, uh, the system has the capability for launching a surprise first strike against us with high possibility of knocking out all our hardened launch silos before we can fire our missiles. And so before that happens, they want to get these nuclear warheads out to uh, at, at at the first two hundred locations that they can remotely detonate uh, as a threat against retaliation from the system. Uh, and while Turner uh, is reluctant to leave his quote unquote white oasis, wonderful phrase, uh, he's excited at the prospect of seeing Catherine again. Oh, those lovebirds! Was there an exclamation point at the end of that one? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't have an exact quote there. Let's just assume there was one. Yeah, we will assume. Um, Is this the part where? Is this the part where he dresses up like a like a Mexican person? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so okay. Here's the thing. (laughs) So he was. Well, he was uh, Jesus Rodriguez, right? No, No, Jesus. Jesus Garcia. Garcia. Okay, right. okay, hold on. I am the great great grandson of a Jesus Garcia. Are you really? I am. That exact name? That's his that's his real name. He he came from California. He um uh what's the word? Uh ca- he drove cattle from California was up he, to Merritt. Was he Earl Turner? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but uh yeah, no, seriously, that was uh that's uh, I'm I'm related to a Jesus Garcia, so I thought that that was, must have been weird for you to read. It was a little weird for me to read. Um, yeah. So this is again, this is the problem with the 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 journal diary format is like his first line is that like he's been in Washington for a week now, but then he goes back in time to tell us about how he got to Washington. So like my first <laughs> note is that he's been in Washington for a week. 
even though that note is fucking completely meaningless for the entire chapter. Uh, we get this long, detailed explanation about the trip to Washington. On the way, they hear that there were um, uh, uh, bombs set off, um, and nuclear warheads, I guess, set off in Miami and Charleston. Um, they hear a news broadcaster read a message that was sent from the organization, basically telling the government to um, to stand down, stop all retaliation against us, or we're going to start um, setting off more of these. Um after the announcement, they they're like, "Shit, we gotta, you know, everybody else has got their bombs in place. Why are we we lagging behind?" And so they they get the lead out and they get to Washington in twenty hours. They plant the first bomb in Fort Belvoir, second bomb in the District of Columbia. The third bomb will go into the Silver Spring area to the north, and the fourth is intended for the Pentagon. Next chapter. Unless <clears throat> you have something else to say about the, the the trip there. No, it was just. Just the Jesus racist. Garcia thing. It was racist. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah. Is that even worth saying anymore? They they, they they like they put mud on their face to like look dark or something. And apparently it worked. Yeah. Um September 18th. Uh shit has gone down. Millions are dead. So is Catherine. Um and again, this again, this is how these chapters work. It's like he opens with like, oh my God, everything's falling apart. Millions are dead, including Catherine. Well, let me take a few steps back now and tell you how we got here. Um, and the timeline, the fucking timeline in this chapter, I don't understand. So he talks about how on September 7th, he had finished installing the third bomb. Mm-hmm. But then two days before, they, they go back to two days before when he picked it up on the Monday... And they had trouble getting it to its location because the Pentagon had expanded its security area. Uh, and that security area now included uh, their printing shop. Um, so Catherine and the rest of their group were no longer there. And throughout this chapter, and this is where the timeline thing doesn't make sense, I, I didn't find a point where he actually talked about installing the third bomb. He tells us at the beginning of the chapter that he did, but then we never see him actually <laughs> get to that point. <laughs> Um, he ends up going to a refugee camp, oh, uh, but yeah. can't find anyone there. Yeah, they right. This is a great, uh, great part. Uh, he notices a tent with a bunch of black guards outside, where they're raping a teenager inside, and he goes and tries to get the attention of like a white military guy, um, but no one is helping again because they don't want to seem racist. And it, this is just this is not what would happen. Stopping anyone from raping somebody isn't a question of racism. It's it's just so dumb. Um. Then he heads to uh, one spot where he expects to some members of the organization will still be, which is the gift shop in Georgetown, where I guess he was initially brought to join the order. When he's going around to the backside of the building, there's this massive explosion, uh, which he finds out was um, the destruction of Baltimore, 35 miles away. Um, he makes note of the fact that it seems like that it was too big an explosion to have been caused by uh, one of their small, I think, 60-ton Because, I mean, warheads? Earl Turner is 
a physicist as well, and he he would be able to do the math in his head <laughs> and be like, I know how big that bomb should have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the news that night, the government reports that the organization had blasted Baltimore and two dozen other major cities. The government counterattacked and destroyed the quote-unquote nest of racist vipers in California. But then Turner also tells us this isn't true. He finds out later that Manhattan Manhattan has been destroyed, killing 14 million people. California's not been destroyed. Uh, just the Vandenberg Air Force Base um, and two missiles hit Los Angeles. But 90% of the people in California survived because um, they had advance warning and they took shelter. And that's totally how n- nuclear <laughs> attacks like, yeah. work. Oh, God, there's going to be a nuclear explosion. Yeah, get down and cover the back of your head. Right? Um, yeah, like get under the desk, right? <laughs> yes, it's just as bad as an earthquake. Meanwhile, there's 60 million casualties across the rest of the country. Apparently, New York was hit by missiles from Vandenberg, but the rest of the cities in in the U.S. were hit by the Soviets. And aside from the missiles sent to New York, um, Vandenberg fired all of their missiles at Israel and the Soviet Union, which forced the U.S. to commit to firing their missiles at the Soviet Union as well, which seems so... I'm feeling this is a little bit um, about the era, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in this book was written in the, the late seventies, right? Um, when the relations between the U.S. and and the Soviet Union, uh, now obviously Russia, uh, were not great, and so I guess it's possible that you wouldn't be able to just like get the leader of the Soviet union on the phone and say, look, I'm sorry. Um, a militant group of crazy racists have taken over California <laughs> and they launched missiles at you. Please don't shoot at us. But if you want to retaliate at them, go the fuck ahead. There's maybe a reason that wouldn't happen. I can't think of one, but. Well, it's the whole, you know, we're smart. They're dumb, you know, I we're, guess. we're gonna we're gonna bomb this person, and then they're gonna be too stupid. They're gonna bomb the other person, and then everyone's gonna do our dirty work for us. But yeah, their argument is basically that once they launched their missiles against Russia, the U.S. had to also launch their missiles against Russia because Russia would then counterattack against the U.S. Um, yeah, that's... all of the U.S. presumably, and I just I don't buy that. It doesn't make sense even in that era. So there were basically multiple benefits to this the way this nuclear situation played out they they knocked out uh, this is again wonderful quotes two of world jewelry's principal nerve centers being um i think tel aviv and new york they tipped the balance of power of the system towards the military because there was, I don't know if we mentioned it, there, there, there has apparently been this this struggle within the system between the 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 Jewish kind of string pullers who want to. I can't remember who wants what. Basically, you've got the Jewish string pullers, then you've got the military. Yeah, and they I each don't think want he ever really gave this. them a motive. I think he's just like, yeah, they're pulling the strings. Well, one of them, one of them is preferring uh, sort of a, a standoff situation, and one of them is preferring an assault situation, and I can't, I just can't remember which one is which at this point. Oh, okay. Um, they also, <coughs> <coughs> uh, 
They also disrupted the system more by provoking the Soviet attack. They ended up with more uh, nuclear attacks on the U.S. than they could have probably done just from Vandenberg. Um, and now, because of the retaliation against the Soviets, they don't have to worry about taking them out after they take out the system. So, you know, all of this is apparently a net positive for the organization. On the downside, they lost about an eighth of the organization's members, which is nearly a fifth of the white population of the country. Um, around here, Turner meets up with Bill and finds out what happened with the rest of the group. Wait, basically, when wait, the security what? area they lost hmm? an eighth of the organization, which was a fifth of the white population of the country. You know so what? The organization's My... numbers are larger. The entirety of the I, white population. Okay. Let's ignore country. that. My my quote there is probably wrong. Oh, okay. I typed it up wrong. I don't know. Okay. I was not proofreading my notes. I just wanted to get through this as quickly yeah. as possible. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, around this time, Turner uh, meets up with Bill and he finds out what happened with the rest of their group. Um, basically, what happened is when the security area around the Pentagon grew, um, people were evacuated out of that zone very quickly. Um, a, a group of sort of black guards came into the print shop. And we're like, you guys got to go. We're like, everyone's like, okay, we're going, we're packing up. Some, some black was being, some black guy was being um, obnoxiously sexual to Catherine. Um, was it Catherine? I think it was Catherine. It was Catherine. Um, yeah. This is, this is yeah. where she dies, I think. Yeah. Actually. And, and he's like, he tries to like feel her up, like reaches under her skirt and she kicks him in the balls, but he's already had a chance to, feel the the holster that she's had under there and he's like oh my god they got guns and so there's this huge shootout uh catherine ends up mortally wounded all the black people end up killed uh and bill and carol manage to get away but carol they they end up hiding in an attic somewhere uh carol dies like four days later um but bill has managed to survive next chapter uh it's october 28th um Turner has just gotten back from a month in Baltimore, which this whole thing is so weird because again, Baltimore has just been in the, 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 the location of a nuclear attack, <laughs> but there everyone's wandering around Baltimore, like looting things and not worrying about radiation. Um, <laughs> this quote early on in the chapter, I thought was really interesting. Although more than two weeks had passed since the bomb, the state of affairs around Baltimore was almost indescribably chaotic when we arrived. Like, <laughs> it's been two weeks after, like, the detonation of a nuclear weapon. You think everything's going to go back to normal? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, apparently, the survivors near Baltimore are no longer trusting the system, though. Like, it's like, we don't know whether or not the system bombed us or the organization bombed us, but either way, we're blaming the system for allowing this to happen. Um, Turner was in Baltimore getting these like radiation detection things. Uh, and they end up forming like a, a I don't want to say a, a base, even though that's exactly what I wrote in my notes, but they kind of create an enclave of homes uh, outside of Baltimore. They've got about 2000 homes and about 12,000 people there. And they sort of create a little, safe enclave for people. Um, 
They arm about 300 people as militia members, uh, but they got to be careful again about how many they arm because not everyone has been ideologically conditioned. And this, again, goes back to what I was saying before. Like, Turner keeps pointing out that we have people with us now who are not ideologically conditioned, so we don't want to give them guns. We don't want to give too many of them guns. Even though none of these people who are not yet on their side ever try to strike back or ever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pardon me. It's just, it's weird. And once again, they round up and kill the alien elements and race criminals. And so even though these people aren't ideologically with them, they're happy to murder non-whites. They murder their, their, these are their neighbors. They're friends and neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they create work groups to get rid of the bodies. There's, um, there's a long tirade here about like, you know, there was a, somebody looks at the bodies and it's like, you know, look at these innocents and, and Turner goes on this long tirade about how none of these people can be called innocent because everybody has chosen to the, to follow the Jewish ideology and blah, blah, blah. It's just a choking garble of racism um, we find out that after the bombing of Tel Aviv, hundreds of thousands of Arabs um, basically assaulted Palestine, killing the remaining Jewish people there. We also find out that um, in Russia, the Russian survivors have also started killing the remaining Jewish people in Russia. And it's just like, why? Because, uh, again, because I think- fundamentally... As as far as the author, I don't even who wrote this piece of shit again. Mm, I'm not. I'm not going to say his name again. I, okay. I could look it up, yeah, but it's don't. not. It's not worth. It's not worth. Anyway, saying. this this piece of shit. Um, his thought process is that deep down, every white person knows what's going on. And yeah, and I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. I um I did not have that thought. But I think, yeah, when, whenever I see these notes about my, to, to myself, I, I think they're reminded of what you said earlier, and I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It's November 2nd, and Turner is getting briefed on national developments. This is, again, I don't fucking know why this guy does this. It's like, I was briefed on national developments. Nothing much has changed nationally. So, like, why did you open the chapter just to tell us that nothing much has changed? He just changed? wanted everybody to know that he was important enough to be briefed yeah. on national developments. Um, Apparently, their biggest problem uh, is there's a, a clique of conservative generals uh, who are kind of running the system now, and they want to take advantage of the current sort of upheaval in martial law in order to push their own kind of agenda through. Um, and they just sort of see the organization as being in their way. Uh, power is being consolidated at the Pentagon. So they're now planning to uh, assault the Pentagon um, by dropping nuclear warhead from a low-flying plane, uh, which they do next chapter. Because the Pentagon would not have, I mean, anti-aircraft or anything like that, would they? Maybe they don't. Well, they they do talk about that a little bit. They, they say they that, like, because like, like, yeah, I don't know. So the, the the I think that one of the things they talk about is like they wouldn't be able to do use radar to launch anything because it would be under the radar level, um, and and the plan is like so 
when they when they fly in, and, and I guess we should talk, it is the next chapter where this happens, and Turner is going to be the one to fly the plane in. Um, this is his uh, his suicide mission that he agreed to take earlier in the book um, for, you know, during his trial, after his trial. Um, and yeah, they say that basically, like, his hope is to be able to get it above the Pentagon, but ultimately he may have to just crash it um as close as he can like he they do acknowledge that he might not get there yeah this is a very short chapter thankfully um he tells us that it's three hours until first light and all systems are go um they've been prepping the plane um this is such a weird thing here he says uh, he's sad to be ending his life but he's he was pleased that he was able to do so much in quote determining the ultimate destiny of mankind and it's it's the word mankind that seems so weird to me like mankind is everybody Mm -hmm. he's not no doing anything for mankind he's doing like for like white power kind and it's it's just such a weird word choice and and and, and, and also, clearly, and also it, it he doesn't like he dies right. Yeah, he dies. Yeah, so he doesn't know that he's done anything to ultimately change the course of human history. As That's far true, as he knows, I mean, at this point, he's still in the throes of it. He's still in the fight. He doesn't know what's going to happen. No, that's true. That's true. But it's it's more it's the use of mankind yeah, no, that, that really tweaks me here, and that. I think it's it's not it's it's because it's what it does is it reduces all other races to animals, right. right? The messaging here is that mankind is ultimately just white. Black people, not mankind. Right. Jewish people, not mankind. Hispanics, not mankind. And it's it's that might be actually yeah, when you put it that way, that might be the most racist sentence in the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not it's it not the just, most overtly ra- like racist. No, line, no, but, but it, it so stood out to me. Yeah, no, that's I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Um he also mentions that he's finally being um inducted into the union um or into the um the order. He's been under he, he went through the, the right of union earlier. And then he also says like he's been undergoing it for the last thirty hours, and I'm like, what the fuck? What is the right of union, and how does it take place for thirty hours, and then just, two hours later, still, it's like just a great big orgy. This is a great big orgy. Yeah, great big homosexual orgy of all the members. Uh, I'm pretty sure they would not be pro homosexual. <laughs> not, not outwardly. No. Okay. Fair <laughs> uh, and then we have epilogue. It wasn't, which wasn't, is, it wasn't Harry in the order. Harry was in the Yeah, order. there you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so maybe there was a okay. little... I mean, Catherine's gone, so... He's got to get his rocks off before he dies. Earl, Earl's got nowhere else to turn for a little love. <laughs> Earl's got nowhere else to turn her. Uh, next, we have the epilogue, which is the weirdest spelling of epilogue I've ever seen. E-P-I-L-O-G. <laughs> um, and I... Fuck, I didn't want to take any notes about no, this. I was so done was, by this point. Just I was just, it, yeah, no, it's, it's just a lot of like, this is, stuff. this is it's how the same stuff that, that Earl it was is. Say. It's just like, and then this happened from this year to this year. And then this happened from this year to this year. And yeah. This, yeah. 
it's basically an explanation of of what happened from Earl's death to ridding the entire world of anything other than white people. Um, the couple of notes that I have is like um, there's a race war and food becomes scarce. Uh, of course, p- p- black people are resorting to cannibalism. Never white people though. No, he actually um, made a note to say that that was a specific. He, he, it wasn't just something that he kind of was like when he wrote it. The the black people in the story were cannibals and everybody else wasn't. He actually had a sentence in that book that said, um, this seems to be a strictly black thing, cannibalism, Caucasians and Hispanics and whoever don't seem to participate in this. Hmm. So like it was just an extra low blow uh, for the black And yeah, you've got there. things like the Donner Party, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the soccer team that crossed in the mountains there that they made a movie about. Um Anyway, yeah. Uh, there's, there's these weird, stringent new rules about joining the organization, like because of course there's the food shortages, and so they want to make sure that they're only giving food to people who are like really behind the cause. So, if you are an able-bodied white guy who wants to sort of get into the group and get food, you are sent back out into the world and told to come back with a head of a black person or other non-white person before they will let you eat. God, That's some pretty high-level entry entry exams. Um, Basically, the system's military and police forces crumble and are gradually reduced to a number of autonomous local commands focused on looting for food, liquor, gasoline, and women. Um, The large-scale conflict between the system and the organizations kind of diminishes until they're overwhelmed. Um, at some point, they end up um, activating a nuclear warhead in Toronto because Toronto has become sort of the next enclave for Jewish people. Um, and what's my last note? My phone just turned off. My phone can't put up with this either. <laughs> um, they say there's only 11 months from the liberation of North America until the beginning of the new era for the whole planet which is the point where there are no other races left, just white people. And then there's a bit of a thing about China, which I didn't take notes about. Um, I don't remember how it plays out, but China starts to encroach in the the Soviet Union territory. Now the Soviet Union has been taken out. And then as the organization begins taking over Europe, China tries to take European Soviet areas and shit happens. I don't remember. Like, I yeah. guess China must get taken out because know. the book ends with the ultimate happy ending of there are nobody else but white people left. That's it. That's the book. We're done. Guys, don't read this book. Yeah, please don't. I'm not even sure you should listen to this podcast about this book. <laughs> like, this is uh, this is one of the worst things I've ever experienced, and I have now, unfortunately, experienced it twice. Um, the one benefit I have is that it is so ultimately unmemorable that I've essentially forgotten my first experience with it to the point that I felt like revisiting it was a good idea. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. I'm glad this is done. I'm glad it's done Holy too. Fuck. Um, 
let's let's acknowledge that maybe this won't be the last time we read something that is actually objectionable to us. Um, it it does kind of come with the territory, I think, of covering banned things. Um, let's just hope that this is the worst of it. Let's hope that this is the worst thing that we encounter. Yeah, objectionable is fine. Um, I in a way though, I in a way, I'm glad that this is not better written. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, obviously, it's it's. I think it's easier to hide bad ideas in good writing. Yeah. And so this at least has the benefit of having bad ideas in inside bad of really writing. bad writing. So there's nothing, I think, I think I said early on that I think, unless you're already of this, already of this mindset, you're not going to get drawn into this kind of ideology right. by writing this book. And I think, like, I think it's you just, said that because I had expressed the fear of like, you know, I, I don't really want to put myself through reading this because, I mean, I guess I'm of the idea that most people think um, and the opinions that they have, they've come to through thought and reflection and not just blinding hatred. Um, so I was a little bit afraid. I don't. I didn't know what I was expecting it to be. Like I, I don't know what a racist book that would make sense to me would be. I I can't imagine it. I was afraid that it existed in this book. I am very glad that that is not the case. This book uh, does not in any way paint these ideas. In a logical, yeah, like <clears throat> this is the way things are kind of way. It paints it in, I think, just as ridiculously as it's trying to paint how bad they think this, the how bad the writer thinks every non-white is. You know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> funny story. Okay. Um. I don't know, last week, I guess, uh, I was putting my daughter Morgan to bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, every night we have a little 10-minute period called talk time, which is just like we we shoot the shit, we talk about something. And uh, out of the blue, at the start of talk time, she's like, Dad, why are people racist? Oh, really? <laughs> it's like, dude, talk time is like a fun five or 10 minute thing. Like this is a rabbit <laughs> hole. I don't think I have enough time to go down. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was funny. And I, I did take a lot of sort of what I'd been thinking about in uh, context of this book. Um, and I, I think, I do think a lot of these ideas are not, they don't, people don't come up with them on their own. They're, they're taught. Mm-hmm. Um, it's families passing things down. It's peers passing things it's it's um it's environment i think racism stems from environmental issues but it's also not just that i think there's you know the systemic issue as far as like the you know the black people in america are always going to have to deal with the fact that that they are i shouldn't not say everyone but many of them are are descendants from people that were owned as property and at the same time there are also going to be white people who are descended from people who owned people as property and and maybe have that i don't know that's still environment know. that's still that's still environmental but still yeah. at some point at some point separate from environment somebody went and sailed across the ocean to africa and went like look at these people 
we should own them. And no one taught them that. They just got there on their own and went, you know what? We're better than these people and we should make them work for us for free. That's not environmental. So it it can come, I think, from a non-environmental source. But I don't know. I'm not a sociologist. I'm just some dumb guy with a podcast. <laughs> Let's wrap things up. Yeah. Um, do you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts. <laughs> this book is a giant piece of shit. Um, that it exists is an insult. An insult. <laughs> that this book exists is an insult to every fucking human being on the planet. It's an insult to books. It's, it's an, an insult, insult to, to words. It's an, it's an insult, insult to, to insults. It's an insult to the English language. Um, this book almost makes me wish the English language had never been invented so that this book couldn't exist. Uh, thanks for coming on this uh, journey with us. If you did, if you didn't, I totally understand. If you're at the end of it le- with us and you're like, oh, why did I do this? I'm asking <laughs> least, that same at question. At least you didn't read it. At least you didn't read it. That's all I can say. Um uh, where can you find us? Where you can email us, t- email us, and tell us <laughs> that we need to do better books than this in the future. We need to do better things. We need to uh, be better be things better, happen Todd. to good be people. Better. Be better, yeah. Email us at uh, banthingshappen at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash banthingshappen. You can also find a link to our Discord there. We have a website at blah 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 media.com. You can find um, streaming links to our podcast there as well as uh, mostly just that right now, but maybe we'll have other things there soon. Um, if you like what we're doing, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash blah, blah, blah media. It would be so nice if someone just gave us like two bucks to buy a beer after this fucking nightmare of three episodes <laughs> of reading this book. Someone, someone please just buy us a scotch or a beer or something. Uh, for a one-time support, uh, financially, uh, you can, uh, throw us money via buy me a coffee. It's buymeacoffee.com slash blah, blah, blah. I think that's all of our relevant links. Uh, you can also find me on a couple of other podcasts. One is called, uh, Half Cut Conspiracies. Uh, I get together with my buddy, Half, uh, my buddy Carlos Sia. I was going to say my buddy half conspiracies. <laughs> He's not an actual person. No, but it's funny because his Discord name is Half-Cut Conspiracies. It's Half-Cut Conspiracies, yeah. yeah. Um, and we we have some drinks and we make fun of conspiracy theories, and it's fun. And then it's a I'm hell also of a lot funner a, than this podcast. It is, it is, it is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm also on something called uh, Mysteries and Madness with another friend, Dave Colmine. It's a... Uh, it's a live play RPG uh, thing where we're doing a 1940s uh, detective story with uh, Lovecraftian elements. Uh, we play the game and it gets converted into kind of a radio play and it's pretty wild. And well, well, Dave does all the well hard produced. work on that. Yeah, super well produced. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, it's like a radio drama. And yeah, you can find that uh, over at Coal Mines Clubhouse. Uh, is the name of the podcast, I think. I mean, the name is Mysteries and Madness, but I think it's under coalminesclubhouse.podbean.com. But, you know, you find it on your favorite podcast app. That's it. I am Todd Sullivan. And I am Oren Barter.
And I am looking forward to doing a book that isn't so racist. But until then, go read a fucking book.